Welcome to Noclip, a podcast that's like a book club for people who think that books don't reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Cocoon, a game that was developed by Geometric Interactive, published by Annapurna Interactive, and was released in 2023 on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series X and S. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. So, Cocoon is <laughs> uh, is a... Pu- I mean, it's a puzzle game, uh, I would say, at its, at its heart. A puzzle exploration game. Uh, but I think that the thing that we probably want to mention right up front uh, is that it is a, it is a game made by uh, one of the team members from Play Dead. Uh, who who did Limbo and Inside, uh, and then there was a split, and they went on to make different games. And Cocoon uh, has really it's, it's not I don't want to say taken off because I don't think this is like the most popular game in the world, and mm-hmm. nobody that I've mentioned it to has ever heard of it. But like it got a Game Awards nod, which is a bullshit award because it's not a <laughs> no clip award, but. Uh, it is like it's a game that is like in the right circles is a is one of the popular games of last year. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, in the right circles, I think is a good way to put it. Uh, it's very much like an indie games indie game. Yeah, it definitely like it's a very it's different. It's not a cinematic platformer, so it is different from Limbo and Inside, but it still feels like you can tell it has a lot of the same design sensibilities. Yeah, I can see that. The lineage is definitely there, especially in terms of the way that they sort of design their puzzles. I think uh, there's a more... uh, I'm going to use the word fluidity, but I don't mean it in the way that, like, there are a lot of different solutions to puzzles. As far as I'm aware, there's only one solution to every puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, But Inside and Limbo, their puzzles feel very lock and key, where you find a thing in order to get past a thing, and maybe there's some traversal puzzles that you have to do in between. Whereas this game is much more, uh, you like ha- you have to think through the tools that you have at hand in order to complete the puzzles and move on with the game. Um, I also want to say that in terms of games that are pure puzzle games, this is probably the easiest one that we've covered. Uh, uh, I don't know if your experience is the same, but I'm comparing it to like Braid and Baba is You, <laughs> both of which were like brutally hard at points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never really, I didn't really ever get like hard stuck in this game. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely in a middle ground. Um, yeah, I'd say like it's not quite on that level of like a Baba is You or a Braid. It's I feel like it's a little bit, for lack of a better term, like more video game e. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, cause I feel like, like Limbo and Inside feel like they were more set PC, like, you know, more narrative focused, like to a lot of like the little puzzles you're like outrunning like a dog that's going to kill you, or, <laughs> you know, like there's something a little bit more cinematic about it as the genre name, uh, cinematic platformer right. would imply. Uh, this is a lot more like classic, like video game puzzles, I think in the way that it feels like um 
yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but like it even has like the orbs that you jump in and out of like function as like power ups. And, you know, like there's there's stuff that feels a little bit more like video gamey. Yeah, it. no, I agree with that. I think like uh, there's a there's an element of this game that feels more it's more abstract than Limbo and Inside, even though Limbo is set like, you know, in a, a, a space after death. Uh, which is abstract, sort of. It still focuses on, like, people, and both of them focus a lot on the very human experience of death and dying, Uh, whereas Cocoon is a lot more abstract, both in its setting and in its puzzles, and it allows that setting to, to make it so that the puzzles are much less structured. Yeah. Like, it's no longer about finding a key to a door it's about finding a key to a door but the key is like a orb and the door is inside of three other worlds like it's a whole thing yeah no longer about death and now about rebirth exactly this is (laughs) it's a very cathartic experience Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i don't know i don't i honestly am not I do agree with you that this falls in a middle ground when you compare it to play dead's other games. Uh, like it, it's not as difficult in execution because it is not a game where you get murdered and killed every five seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that it relaxes you and allows you to actually think through uh, what your actions are. And I think that that helps a lot to take things that are debatably much more complicated puzzles and make them feel smoother because you aren't, uh, that was part of the charm of like, we love both limbo and inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game is just like a different animal from that entirely. Um, but I also just happen to find it easier than braid or pop is you. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think that's controversial at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I do find it easier than your average puzzle game. I think I agree. But like there were a couple of points that tripped me up and uh, mm-hmm. I would compare it to like almost kind of like a portal style thing where like I had to like acclimate my brain to like thinking in how the orbs worked. Because uh, like there, yeah. I'll get to like a new like puzzle where like the, I have to like put one inside of the other for the first time to then transport it somewhere. And it would take me a long time to think to do that. But then like, once I did, I'm like, Oh, like, you know, like you break <laughs> down that wall. You're like, Oh, this is how it works. And then like the next several puzzles are easier because you've like already gotten over that hurdle and are now thinking of it in the correct way. Yeah. I was early in the game. I was like, I very much had my like designer hat on for part of this. And I was trying to think of like what be once I had like two orbs, right? Like you get the red and the blue and the green one. I'm thinking like, what can you do with these mechanics? Like what are the interesting things? And so I was really excited to have predicted that I needed to put an orb inside another orb and then carry both of them somewhere. Right. Uh, I, that was the only one where I think that I called it like super hard. There are a few <laughs> puzzles that I think I did that I am proud of my performance on. Like I figured out the uh, shoot a bullet into one mm. orb so that it then goes into the other orb and then into the crystal uh, before it like presented itself to me. I was like, this is what I'm going to have to do. 
Um, but I don't think that I like absolutely stomped the game or something. Yeah, I, I felt uh, so smart. What, there was one where you have to like go a level deeper than that and have it shoot into like through two different levels and like get bounced mm. back out to like keep like it going back and forth and i was like whenever like i thought how to do that i'm like oh i'm so fucking smart <laughs> i'm such a goddamn yeah. genius <laughs> um but yeah like early on though like there's like one really simple puzzle but it really like stumped me and uh, it goes like at the end of like the second or first time i was like playing and i like turned the game off and went to bed and came back to it the next day and felt like really <laughs> dumb because it was like it's like you you're inside the green orb and you have the orange one and then there's like one of those gates that you can't fit through like your character can but the orb can't and like the answer right. is just to like jump out of the world or to set it wait hold on now i'm getting in my uh, own head and forgetting <laughs> how it works <laughs> i think i know which what which one you're talking about you like have to pick the or you keep the orb mm-hmm. and leave the world then put the orb down. And yeah. Then, then, go then back you go in. back, you go through, then you jump out of the world and grab it and jump back in. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. very simple puzzle in the game, but like it, it as evidence right now, I forgot the solution when I've been away from the game <laughs> for like three days and had to like yeah. work it back out again. So yeah, like you have to like adjust to the logic, uh, but it's not too hard to do so. So it's actually like very satisfying. Yeah, that's true. I think it's great that you, that the game has that sort of like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wanna. I keep wanting to say the witness as if I know <laughs> shit about it. But like, I like that there's a uh, there's sort of like a language in great puzzle games, like that you have to learn. Like these are the things that are true here and understanding them is what is going to help you actually solve it. And I think this game accomplishes that beautifully um, with the orbs and with the fact that there's uh, a lot of, there's a lot of different puzzles. Um, I was worried early on that this was going to be like a, uh, what's the whole game that we played? Donut County. Donut County. Yeah. A Donut County situation where it doesn't fully explore mm. all of the mechanics, but it absolutely does. Maybe not like 100% or whatever, but like mostly. I, d- I couldn't think of much else they could have done. Uh, and really grasping how that works allows you to to sort of work through things a lot better, um, which is kind of a, a no shit sort of statement. But, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of the opposite. I thought it, I, I found, I, yeah, uh, where I, I had like that Majora's Mask feeling, where I was like imagining it getting super complicated. Uh, like there's a part mm. later on where you end up like duplicating one of the orbs by like yeah. how you jump in and out of the like how you sequence everything. And I was like, that's where my mind went immediately when I first saw a trailer for this. I was like thinking like, oh God, like this seems like one of those puzzle games that would get like really fucking difficult. <laughs> uh, but it at least in my opinion, uh, it was a good thing that it did not. <laughs> and it built up to that. Yeah. And at no point did I feel like, like I, I felt at the beginning, I was worried that there wasn't going to be that much they could have done. But by the end, I was like, there is a lot more. And also, I'm glad that it didn't go super ridiculous with it. Like, mm-hmm. there's only really one puzzle that requires. Well, there's a few puzzles that require timing, but there's the one with the 
the orb where that you sh- like launch it off of a pad to catch the the mm. beam as it like goes across a couple things. Yeah. Where I was like, if I screwed this up, it would be kind of annoying to reset and do it again. Um, but like aside from that, it, it it does. It really feels like it never gets too complicated. Um, I do want to call out. There's two things I want to call out here. Um, and I'm not sure. I think the easiest one is you mentioned the, uh, um, like putting the orb inside the other orb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never actually saw a trailer for this game. Oh, uh, yeah. or if I did, I just completely forgot it existed. <laughs> uh, so I didn't know anything about it going in outside of the name. Uh, and, and so I didn't know what it was all about or what you did in it. Um, and one of my favorite moments of the game, and I think this is sort of a conversation that we could come back to when we talk about the presentation, but uh, one of my favorite moments in the game was when you find the white orb, and by find the white orb, I mean find a thing that extracts you from the world and you realize that you aren't like in the top level, mm-hmm. uh, which you would have just assumed for the whole game. Uh, and, and I was uh, then kind of disappointed when you find the purple one and at the end of the game, spoilers, I, which is difficult to really (laughs) quantify in terms of this game and spoilers, but, uh, that it isn't like an infinitely nesting thing. Mm. Like the, the scope of the game feels so vast because of that moment with the white orb, uh, while the game itself is very small, which I think helps with the uh, like the puzzle mechanics being the way they are. The game is all the areas that you have are really small and they take up a very small like geographic footprint uh, because a lot of the times to solve the puzzles, you have to like run around and swap orbs and put them in places. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that kept the game feeling like it wasn't overwhelmingly difficult was by keeping it so small. And yet the the framing of the game made it feel so much huger than it actually is. Uh, they really pulled off like a magic trick with that. And <laughs> I was really impressed. Yeah, you know, I have that in my notes too. Like jumping out of the white orb for the first time was kind of like a, a mind blowing <laughs> moment. Uh, Cause yeah, yeah, like as you say, like when you start the game, you assume that you're starting out on the top level, uh, and then mm. the reveal of that comes late enough that like you instantly understand like what you're seeing. It isn't like confusing, you know. Like you jump out, right. and you see the white orb on the thing, and you're like, oh fuck! <laughs> like I was down <laughs> an extra level than I thought. So yeah, it's a really well executed uh, twist. Yeah, it's crazy. Like. Uh... Just that like ability to to pull one over on the player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I was really impressed by it. I, I I was impressed by a lot of things that this game did, um, but a lot of those things I'm gonna have to save for when we're talking about uh, like aesthetics and and that kind of design. Uh, but that is yeah. I don't know. I, those are we haven't really talked about the puzzle mechanics. Mm-hmm. More so, just sort of how they affect the game. But it is genuinely really impressive the way that they fit everything into this in a way that makes it not overwhelming, but also feels really 
uh, it, well, like you said, like you felt like a genius when you figured out that puzzle. <laughs> it's like, I, I had that, that epiphany moment many times where I was just like, oh, I'm the, I'm basically the smartest person who ever <laughs> lived. Like get me into some like Mensa style genius program, uh, <laughs> for how smart I am. Yeah. I, I think it, it, follows kind of in that um design philosophy of like uh play dead's games where it's there's no words right it, it's all mm-hmm. um just like that that seamless tutorializing like i think the fact that like you're playing a little character uh helps at least to me anyway i always feel like like maneuvering a character around to manipulate stuff always like kind of ha- like helps my brain latch on to these kind of puzzle mechanics um so yeah like it's all very like smooth and gradual in a way that's like really impressive uh because like yeah like it's like every little thing you come to like you just kind of intuitively understand and uh i think that's just like it's really carrying all those torches that i think that like indie game developers pride themselves on <laughs> i mean that is true and it's it also like we have over the course of eight years, whether I would like to admit it or not, have sort of codified a few rules that we like to see in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the indie game that is laser focused on a single like aspect, uh, like mechanically speaking, is something that I always talk about. It's like this has the an indie game with a small team has the luxury of being able to take one idea and just build it out as much as possible uh, without having to make a bunch of different stuff. And also the uh, my golden rule of puzzles, which is that <laughs> it should be uh, harder to solve than it is to execute. Like, once you have figured out the solution to the puzzle, it should not be a big pain in the ass to actually implement the solution and come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess unless you're, like, a hybrid game, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, and this game, I think, does both extremely well. Like, it, it really does champion the the good things that are good about indie games uh, <laughs> pretty well. Uh, you mentioned the character, the little guy. Right, your little moth guy. Yeah, who's like a bug. Uh, I would like to propose, if... This isn't already the case because I didn't look it up beforehand, uh, but he should be called Atlas. Here's why. He's carrying the world on his shoulders. Yeah. And also Atlas is a kind of beetle. Right. Uh, That. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I can't disagree with any of your statements. (laughs) I'm very persuasive. Uh, that's what I thought of. I was like, why isn't this guy called Atlas? <laughs> maybe he might maybe be. He I, don't be. Know. I don't know. There's also there are called Atlas mods, aren't there? I think that that's a that, thing. May, that might even be true. Um, but yeah, I guess. Do you have a favorite orb power up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta go with the the purple orb. Like the the sw- the swap positions orb, right? That's not even really a good way of describing <laughs> it. Like you can pull the orb out of plants on the ground, right? Yeah, 
That and I was one, a little bit disappointed that it didn't have like a a return to section at the end. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It it feels the most different than all the others. Like the idea of just pulling it out of a flower <laughs> uh-huh. it, it is definitely weirder than the other ones. Yeah. And I like some of the unique mechanics with it. Like I like the uh the joystick plant guys oh yeah yeah that you like pull on the thing and it drags them around in a direction uh Mm -hmm. and the the venus flytrap claw machine plants that would pick it up if they saw the orb uh we're all in that section uh i I just thought it was cool it led to the most like in my opinion like most interesting puzzles i liked putting the thing down and then using whatever it's doing to go somewhere else and then grab it back. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a cool puzzle where you like jump over it and throw the orb back down on the robot guy. Loved that. Thought yeah. that was great. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Like the ones where you have to be separated from the orb. Because, uh, yeah, like you're always carrying them around, like g- going a distance away from it is something you always have like a sense for. Like, yeah, like a little little mini anxiety of like, I need to get back to that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I can't just leave it laying around out in nowhere. Yeah, so I do. What like if a throw... dog eats it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ones where you have to like <laughs> drop it into like tubes or like, yeah, like there are some cool things like that. But yeah, uh, the other ones felt more, I don't know, like not rote. That's like t- way too mean. But like <laughs> having one that makes a, a road when you walk on it. Right. Didn't really do anything to excite me. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it's like a like an increasing like a steadily increasing complexity like the first one yeah it just like reveals a path then the second one makes Mm -hmm. platforms go up and down then you have the one that lets you swap with plants (laughs) and then there's the one that shoots (laughs) bullets so yeah i do like gun as one of the (laughs) power-ups in this game well yeah that Uh, one's probably my favorite just because of the fact that you can shoot bullets from one world to the other like I think it actually inter- the power up itself being able to jump in and out of the the worlds is a really cool idea. Yeah. And it's the only one that really can. Like whenever you see that elsewhere in the game, uh at least to my knowledge is really only in the green one. Being able to take the green orb out of itself and mm-hmm. then go back in to use the like water platforms. Uh, was really cool and gave me a similar tingly brain feeling to uh, the shooting the bullets in and out of the world. But it's one, it's not really the same. And two, it requires such an absurd setup that you really can't even count it. It's that's more <laughs> cool about the setting than it is anything yeah. else. That did give me a little bit of like a looming dread for a while, though. I was like, I was like, oh my god, uh-huh. like how am I gonna unnest it? <laughs> you know, like if I have to, <laughs> I don't uh-huh. even know how I'm going to begin to do that. Uh, but then it's not even hard. You just kind of do it. At yeah, the then end. you just yeah. walk out. Yeah. Yeah, I did really like those. Uh, There's two sections where you open a big door that just is like a one is a way into one of the orbs from another one. Uh, 
the white one is the first one and you use it to essentially just like teleport the orb between places. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the green one that we've been talking about. So if you haven't played the game, uh, first of all, you should, it's great. Uh, there's a door you open and you go into the green orb. Uh, but you're able to, from within the green orb, carry the green orb itself back outside of itself so that you have two copies of it essentially mm-hmm. um and the game handles this remarkably well i was trying to imagine how many issues this would have caused with design <laughs> got him like play testing i probably like bugs like it feels like it could have gone wrong in a million different ways yeah like and because it is a thing that doesn't make sense like in the real world it it's it makes it more difficult to like imagine the solutions to the puzzles because of it but it ends up being really simple in the end but the execution of it is so cool and they do interesting things with the sound design as well when you're in it that it is like it it is pro- i think to most people is probably the most memorable part of the game mm-hmm. uh and and honestly like with good reason like it's a it is the fact that it is not the whole point of the game that you're going <laughs> in and out of the same worlds and causing paradoxes and shit is almost like more laudable to me because they just had one of the more like cerebrally comp- complicated puzzle mechanics are just like a short section of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's all i think that's tough because like it also makes me think of something like um outer wilds uh because like i know it's possible to like end the universe by creating paradoxes and that but it's like Uh super hard to do uh so yeah i feel like you either have to make it like that sort of thing like duplicating worlds and like creating weird uh paradoxical things like you have to make that like a short or secret kind of mechanic or you have to like go all in and be like the steven sausage roll uh (laughs) of this uh mechanic set (laughs) yeah just can you really dig into because like there are places if there's like a cocoon dlc (laughs) which let's hope that that isn't going to happen uh because i feel like it would be weird uh I can imagine them getting like a full other game out of just the ability to do that. Yeah. You just have to pepper in more doors. Cocoon two, uh, the cocooning. Yeah, uh, metamorphosize this. That's the subtitle. <laughs> uh, there's one other big mechanical thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, and I don't know if you have anything else because it's a pretty hard pivot from what we've been going on Uh, i mean just go for it all right uh this game sort of unlike limbo and and inside has bosses Mm. in it and it is uh they are strange they're uh they're a weird break in the game to, I think, mostly very positive effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the fact that they were... Because they are still puzzle bosses. Uh, you have to solve something, but there's a lot more execution involved with them. And they all have their own unique mechanic that you have to work around. Um, 
And I don't know. I am somebody who normally thinks that this would have been a bad idea in <laughs> in design of the game. But I really only have one complaint with the bosses, and that's if you lose in them, it takes like longer than I would like to go back <laughs> to them. Uh, because you don't die. When the boss ca- kills you, he throws you out of the world. Yeah. I think that's so and cool. And then you have to though. go back in, go across. <laughs> oh, it's sick as hell. Yeah. I think that you should be able to just hit the platform and go right back mm. into the boss. Uh, I just felt like there were times when I lost a lot of time uh, and was like, well, that made me, it made me feel more frustrated with it, even though I didn't need to be. Uh-huh. Like a boss that took me three tries felt worse in this game than in a, a, a considering how like, small of a part it is like i said that's like my one the one thing that i have (laughs) negative i really loved the the mechanical implementation of it i thought it was super great yeah yeah no i i largely liked them as well um they i think they work really well because they're so simple uh i think Mm -hmm. that it's what makes like the best kind of bosses in a game like this um because like yeah like it's it really feels like it sticks within like the language of the game and it never goes too far out. Even though they all have their own unique mechanics, they never feel like they're like a big departure or like you're doing anything like weird uh, in like a forced variety way where they're like, oh, now you're riding on a vehicle or, you know, it never goes like <laughs> it never goes like too far outside, like what kind of like you're already used to doing. And I think that works really well. So it kind of, I'd almost yeah, compare it's... it to like uh like Mario Galaxy. Uh, it's just a kind of a stretch, but like I feel like that's a Mario game with a lot of bosses, and I think they also work because they stay relatively simple. I can see that. It never goes full Bayonetta ICBM gunfight. Right. Where you're suddenly, yeah, doing an entirely different thing with a different set of mechanics, which can work in certain games, obviously, but I feel like you saw that a lot with games that's why we call it early 2000s (laughs) first first variety yeah what's the uh the guy in resident evil 4 who you had the knife fight with like the big army guy Uh, towards krauser yeah there's no (laughs) krauser-esque boss fights where it's just like a complete curveball yeah they're all pretty i mean and it even is like because you're not using the mechanics that you're used to you're using a new unique mechanic that exists only for the boss Mm mm-hmm but it feels really natural in a way. And I think mostly because this is a one button game. Right. In this game, you 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 have the arrow keys and the space bar. Uh, and that's all. And on a controller, you probably have the analog stick and the A button. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been my guess. Uh, and so it's like it's very easy to pick up, similar to like a WarioWare situation. Like, how do you learn to play a game in three seconds? It's uh, give the game one control, <laughs> and then you just it's easy to experiment with. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to ask like, are there any standout bosses? But like, almost all of them are standout to me in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. I like the one where you have to like hover with the water or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with uh, the the green world boss, I yeah. think, and the one where you get to swap places with the little plant is also yeah. That was what I was gonna call out as my favorite is the swapper. 
<laughs> which is not the, the fall. The stop and swap. Only us get that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that one is extremely good. I like the one where the whole floor is meat. And you right. have to like, uh, oh, you have to launch like yourself at yourself. the crystal leg. Yeah, you know yep. they are all good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just all really good. Yeah. That's like the easiest one, but it was so it was that one is like fun in a video game way. Yeah, it's fun to fly and around. And the swapper, yeah, is fun in a more like puzzly way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just all cool shit that's fun to do. Yeah, yeah. The only one I wasn't super high on was the like I think it's the final boss, I guess. The one where you had to just like shoot at the crystals. Uh I didn't oh, yeah. dislike it, but it was just kinda like, eh. This is fine. I didn't even really consider it a boss. Mm. Uh until later on I like opened the uh like the wheel. Your progress wheel. Uh-huh. The wheel of progress. Uh and discovered that it did put a segment in there every time that you fought him, mm. uh, which is wild. I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess shooting crystals is the <laughs> boss. So I would agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably the least interesting one. The big monster that stole up, showed up and stole all the orbs from you <laughs> that you shoot yeah. with a big laser is, in fact, a boss. <laughs> But it's like broken up into <laughs> I know, stages I know. that you do like in between puzzles. <laughs> and he's like just off in the background and then you do Shadow Ganon tennis with him. Yeah. These are all things actually that bosses have. Faces and references to Zelda. These are yeah. common boss things. Yeah, I was gonna say the one where you swap with the little thing feels very like a much like a Zelda boss to me. Like I can see there being a Zelda item that does that, that you can like swap with. Yeah. And also it would probably be like a bug with a chainsaw on it. <laughs> that feels like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things I want to say now that I mentioned that it looks like a bug with a chainsaw. But I feel like what we should do is talk about the sort of audio visual the present as we call it the presentation no mm-hmm. one else calls it that uh <laughs> we did coin that after the break oh yeah the break break there's more lag today than usual if you're listening yeah i'm sorry it's enti- it's my fault <laughs> i went to the internet and i punched yeah, it i used it all up i used unfortunately all- <laughs> i used all the internet up <laughs> Sorry, everyone. All right. Cocoon. A video game. Made by yours truly. (laughs) Why wasn't that sound clip anywhere in the game? I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things that, like, I've been doing all week while playing the game. And then I think to myself, like, man, I hope I have the restraint to not do that a million times on the episode. Uh, yeah, that would be really bad. Yeah, but then I did. But you've now do done it, it once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is staying in because speaking of <laughs> sounds, <laughs> I want to talk about the sound design in this game. Not like a whole lot, um, but like I, I think it added something 
it it was it was a a good glue to hold together the dis the different parts of uh this game in terms of its puzzle and its visual presentation uh and like the atmosphere that it creates because that that is one of the strongest elements of the game and i think it doesn't work as well without the sort of I want to call it like hyper light drifter esque, like ambient noise sound mm-hmm. that you have a lot of, um, but also just like the just the things that make noises <laughs> in this game. Like <laughs> I noticed it. Like I started thinking about it a lot harder. There's a point. Uh, during one of those puzzles where you just have to like find the symbols and put them in the correct order. Right. Uh, where there are these like black, for lack of a better word, pennants, like they're little triangles, like little flags. Uh-huh. And every once in a while, they will like ripple and it makes a sound like a flag rippling. But it, it, it does what the game does a lot, and that is call into question whether the thing that you're looking at is mechanical or organic. Right. Uh, and the, I thought the sound did a really good job of emphasizing that because nothing ever quite felt perfectly natural. There was always an element of like roboticism to them. Uh, and I found it made the setting really fascinating. Yeah, I think it's simultaneously making everything feel alien but then also like kind of grounding you too. Uh which is like an interesting Agreed. hat trick, yeah. <laughs> They've done so many tricks in this game. They've turned a lot of tricks of convincing you that the world is larger than it is and that the world is more natural than it is. Uh it really kind of I almost said blew me away ign.com. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and, and not only that, cause like the, the ambient soundtrack is very like dour. It's hard to like, how would you describe the tone of this game? Uh, that's tough. Um, there's definitely like a feeling of isolation. Um, I don't know if I call it dour, but it is like a little mysterious. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess like there is a little something dubious in there though. And I think you've kind of started to hit on it like the world like you're you're like the game name of the game is cocoon and you're a little Mm -hmm. you're playing as a little bug guy and those seem like organic you know natural concepts you know and then but then like (laughs) every like the you interact with these orbs by like putting them on these pedestals it's it all seems like machinery so there is like that weird like it's like kind of pulling in two directions and it does give it like a little bit of like a sinister undertone that you kind of pick up on uh every now and then like every big door you open as like a giant boss monster you know like <laughs> it feels like there's something going on there that you do get a sense for yeah it, it's one of those like on the awards episode which was the last episode we did if you haven't listened to it please go listen to it uh 
for engagement. Uh, but we did a a category this year that was the least scary horror themed <laughs> game because we did a lot of those this year. I would nominate this game as the most scary non horror themed <laughs> game because it does have this like there is sort of a sense of dread to a lot of the stuff that's going on. Uh, you have like. Like you said, the big doors with the boss monsters that don't look friendly in any way. Uh, the introduction to each of the bosses uh, when you find the orbs and they're like a shadow being that forms in front of you uh, is particularly creepy, I thought. Uh, and yeah, there's always this sense of like not knowing if the place that you're in is like a safe, natural space or if it is like a fucking alien spaceship ready to <laughs> rend you into pieces. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know what you're really doing either. Like uh, a little mm. bit later in the game, like there's this part where the orbs get turned into these like black. Like I was thinking of them of like as like kind of flying manta ray looking things, uh, you know, mm. and you're like, I don't, this doesn't seem good. <laughs> like I, I don't really know <laughs> what I'm doing here. Uh Yeah. And it's like the orbs represent like individual worlds that have their own like biomes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And to see one of them suddenly become a flying monster is extremely off-putting. <laughs> yeah, it does have a little bit of this is another parallel to like their uh, other games, but like kind of like inside, you have this feeling of like you're kind of marching into like a into this fucked up situation. <laughs> You know, like you're always a little wary of like what you're getting yourself into as you're doing it. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's like nothing in this game is inherently sinister. No. With the exception of the boss monsters. But even they don't kill you, right? They pick you up and they throw you out of the world. Get out of my world. <laughs> Get out of my world. Uh, and and so it's like it's weird. It, it gives like there's sort of a. Uh, a dissonance between like what you are seeing and, and what you think you should be feeling and what is actually happening in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was, it was very cool. It was like, it, it felt, it felt very play dead. Like, I think that the, the, that tone sort of permeates their games. Uh, but because it is so explicitly not deadly, in the way that Limbo and Inside are. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do apologize that we keep referring back to those games because, like, <laughs> this is a new studio, but, like, it's the obvious parallel yeah. to, for comparison. Like, it is that. Yeah, I don't think you can get around it. Not really. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I found it interesting... Uh, and I thought that the sound effects really lent themselves to that. I did find myself thinking at one point uh, in the middle of the game, like, it this game would be instantly ruined if when you solved a puzzle, it was like, <laughs> but then it actually just does that. And I hadn't been noticing it uh -huh. before then. Like when you're on the right track to solving a puzzle, there are the music cues. Music yeah. will, yeah. And when I started to realize that, I was like, "Oh wow, I was wrong in every <laughs> respect." Well, it it does do that, and it doesn't ruin it. It in fact makes it better. Yeah, you know, it's very subtle, and uh, yeah, something that you don't really notice 
uh, until you're like a decent way, or at least I didn't until I was a decent way into the game. Yeah. It, yeah. I think I really noticed it. And this is too late. So I don't know. <laughs> I probably noticed it at some point before then. But the one that sticks out to me is when I had solved the nested worlds problem. Like when you had two green orbs and you had to break them apart somehow. Uh, as I was like leaving with the orb on my back, I could hear like the music slowly build. Uh, and so it just kind of worked out. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, I, I had been suspicious that that was happening, but wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was just coincidence. And like, there's a part <laughs> where like right after you get like the white orbs power up, you can jump into the orange one. And then you go over to the spot where you can like walk into the white world and then jump back out of it. And like, you have to like put the white orb like on a platform and like move it across mm -hmm. this, like with this bridge. And like, that took me a second to figure out. And I just noticed like when I placed the white orb on the bridge, like that, the music was like, Doo -doo -doo -doo. what, you know, like whatever uh. it played its little melody. And I was like, aha, <laughs> that confirms it. Gadget, da -da -da -da. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is what people come to the podcast yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Go Gadget, go. Uh, yeah, super good. Um, what do you think about how the game looks? Um, I like I I quite like it. You compared it to like Hyperlight Drifter earlier, uh, and I think like the color palette is not it's much less exaggerated, but kind of felt similar to me like i think it's like the distinct biomes like hyperlight drifter mm -hmm. had like the four different directions and each one had its own palette uh and that in this like each world has its own kind of distinct look to it um and like i think the character with his little cape also kind of <laughs> like kind of reminded me of the drifter a little bit um but those are just loose comparisons uh like i don't know it has like that kind of like pleasant indie look where everything looks a little bit like I don't know like they have like it doesn't look like it's made out of like clay or something but like the I feel like the models have this nice like kind of textural feel to it like I know like you get mm. that in some like big budget games because like a lot of times they'll actually like hire somebody to sculpt the character you know like when you do like high level 3D design they usually have a sculptor like you know make a model of it before uh they actually like actually uh, make anything digitally. Uh, it almost kind of right. has that feel. Like I can imagine like the little character being modeled out of clay. If that makes yeah. any sense. I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, no, I get what you're saying. There's sort of like a, I don't know. I'm not sure how to describe it either. Like a, a <laughs> I want to say like a heftiness to it. Mm. Like everything's very solid. Uh, it doesn't it, it it's a like a clinical not clinical in the sense that it's like sterile but like everything is very cleanly rounded and has yeah. like edges and things uh uh I, I and i do like that style i like the fact that they went with something that is is pretty clear and easy to like see um it's interesting to see like the dichotomy between uh when you're walking around and solving a puzzle in the world, everything is very clearly indicated, like where the places you could put orbs all look the same. They're a little circle with like little prongs on it. You throw the orb on there uh, and everything that you're trying to solve in that 
that way. All the things that the orbs interact with are very clear. Giant pillars of water and, like, the broken paths are, are easy to see. But then, like, in the parts where they're trying to obscure things, uh, like the hidden... Uh, I what are they called? Moon ancestors, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and uh, the uh, symbol puzzles, right? Uh, where you have to find the order of the symbols. That's when they start to bring in sort of like they'll hide the moon ancestors behind like a parallax scroll, right? Uh, or something like there's a foreground element in front of it. Uh, or there's a reflection in the water that you have to look at to get the symbols. Like everything that's in the main puzzle solving part of the game doesn't require you to play Where's Waldo. But when you're doing the, the secret stuff or the stuff that is specifically about looking at it, that's when they sort of distort the, the visual style. And so I liked that it was very clean, mm -hmm. but also allowed for that expression of of unclear unclarity right i thought that was very cool yeah and no, i'm making up words today yeah <laughs> it's definitely like very well considered and uh well designed in that way um you, since you brought them up uh what do you think about those puzzles where you had to like find the symbols in the background to get your little robot buddy uh i f they're the most filler of things that are in the game. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're inherently bad. And some of them I thought were clever. Like I like the one where you had to put the orb and walk it by the black orbs and you could see like inside of them. Mm -hmm. uh, like I thought that was a cool implementation. Uh, but otherwise I think that they didn't like, I wasn't like, Oh boy, <laughs> another find the symbols puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think calling them, like, filler is a good way to put it. Like, they were the first part of the game where I felt like... It, that felt, like, formulaic to me. Uh, mm. and which, it's I, I don't want to, like, overstate it. I don't think it's really a bad thing. I think, on the other hand, it shows just how well the rest of the game is designed. Because, like, for the most part, it always feels like you're doing a new thing. And those really stood out as like, uh, oh, now I got to go get the find the symbols and get the robot <laughs> again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then the robot has like a compass that points you where you're supposed to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, I did like that part of it, which is just a very obviously not the part that you're asking about. <laughs> uh but like the the robot part where you had to get it past the little fly catchers. Oh, yeah, I that was, was cool. Uh, yeah, I like that that was, like, a way to add another layer to the game without having you, like, carrying orbs more. Yeah, I like that that uses, like, the uh, the fact that you can, like, see what's inside the orb a little bit when you're outside of it. Because there was one where you had to, mm -hmm. like, move, like, there was some way to, like, move those little robot things that would eat yeah. the, your robot friend. Uh, and then, like, you could see them go by when you were out of the orb, so you knew when it was safe to jump back in. I thought that was yep. really cool. Yeah, it's extreme. And honestly, it's, like, one of those things where, like, I don't, I don't know at all how this game was programmed. Uh, but I am curious as to how much of 
each zone is being simulated at the same time. I think uh, it's a lot. It's not like that you go through a load screen, it, but it does seem like it yeah. is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like my computer is getting old, uh, my laptop, but like it takes forever to boot the game up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I think it's loading in a lot into RAM at, when you boot the game. So that can make sense. That's yeah. at least my speculation. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought those were were very cool, and uh, we're almost were. I said I may have lied earlier. I may have said, "Oh boy, another one of the find the symbol puzzles," because <laughs> I was in my head looking forward to the robot escort puzzles, right? <laughs> which I do like. Uh, but yeah, the symbol puzzles. I think we kind of agree we're just sort of there. Uh, they're a good like indication of progress, which. Yeah, is something it feels like such a nitty gritty thing to talk about in terms of like game design. But like having clear markers, like things that the players come to understand as being like segments of the game is legitimately useful for many reasons. Like uh -huh. one, it's a it's an exit point. Like if you're playing the game for a period of time and are going to quit getting to something like that signals like, OK, this is a break that I can then go to another thing. But also it just felt good to come in, even if the puzzle was boring, <laughs> I still knew like, oh, look at the progress I'm making. Like I'm here now and I'm going to go into the next part with the robot thing and then probably fight a boss. Uh, and so I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't like it, but also I see the necessity of it. Yeah, yeah. you do need a certain amount of repetition. Uh, I guess... <laughs> uh, do you have an interpretation of what this game means? I know that's a big question, Boy. but uh, like, because I was thinking about it, like, um, like we talked about on the Braid episode. Uh, I talked about how it felt like a metaphor for like, uh, almost like inventing something, you know, or like, oh, like overcoming some kind of challenge. Uh, I, I felt like kind of similar about this, like the metaphor of uh metamorphosis like the process which like a caterpillar actually turns into a butterfly and like almost mm -hmm. like a metaphor as to like what goes on within a cocoon or something like the the one like living thing changing to another state of being being like a challenge to overcome or something i, I didn't have anything concrete or clear i was just kind of chewing on that a little bit yeah, no, that's fair. I I also had a little bit of uh, of trouble describing like an actual like meaning to anything. Um, the ending of the game, or at least, so I didn't get all of the moon ancestors. Meaning, I don't know if you did. No. Okay. I don't know if they have like if there's like an alternate ending. If you do, <sighs> I suspect there probably is. Yeah, there's probably a secret ending. Yeah, but I did not look it up, and I'm not sure if that is true or not. Uh, but the the ending of the game concludes with your with Atlas, your character, uh -huh. um, <laughs> whose name is Atlas for sure. Uh, <laughs> like essentially, like you you pass through the gates of Valhalla or whatever <laughs> by putting all the orbs into it, uh, and then you do metamorphosize. <laughs> Put in a couple, just some safe, some buffer <laughs> syllables into that word. Uh, Let's get them all in there. Uh, 
You just got to get all the silver, just in case one of them was right, because I don't know. Um, and become like, you know, kind of a weird scene, honestly. Uh, you just sort of like puff up into a bigger bug man uh, and fly a, away. Yeah, you become a great old one. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And that, to me, changed, not necessarily changed, but reinterpreted sort of like how I was viewing the rest of it because you do sort of come into the game not really knowing what anything is, but like you could see the importance of the giant bugs mm -hmm. uh, that are the bosses of the game and how they are there. So I was, I was unsure during the playing of the game if your character was essentially because of cocoon and metamorphosis etc cetera, etc cetera. it's kafka-esque uh, -huh. uh, <laughs> uh where it was just going through the process to become a great old one like you said one of the big bugs uh, -huh. uh or if there was some other thing like a different goal and I am, uh, this doesn't speak to the metaphor, but like the literal story of the game, mm -hmm. I was a little bit almost disappointed that that ended up being it because it, it feels very literal in terms of what the game is and is about. So, uh, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that there was something else like a break the cycle, dark souls kind of yeah. thing. Uh, the age of darkness. It, it does a yeah. And the fact that your like completion percentage is shown on a wheel that goes from zero to 100 and ends at the same point feels very like it's a cycle, mm -hmm. uh, which has become common uh, and is less cool now. But <laughs> I still like I didn't like dislike the narrative, what little of it there is. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really know what the what it is trying to say in the sense of like authorship, but like also my interpretation of it is hard to gauge because like you're engaged with the, the puzzle solving while you're playing the game. So it's harder to sort of form uh, a, a stark opinion on. Right. I don't know. I just said a lot of words to basically <laughs> say, I don't have an answer to your question. No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, it is hard to like, pull a meaning out of it. I think. Like it almost yeah. made, it made me think of uh my little Shadow of the Colossus fan theory, where I was like, are the um the Colossi what became of like other people who have made deals with Dorman? Whereas like oh, I was yeah. like, are the bosses in this game used to be a little moth guy like you, and they went through like the same <laughs> type of trial and became huge monsters, <laughs> great old ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's even an implication there, like one yes. I think that that is literally true in this game. Yeah, you're just next but in also the there's, line. Uh, but there's also an implication after the, the metamorphosis at the end that there are even further greater beings. It has a very... And I don't know <laughs> what percentage of our audience is going to even remotely understand this reference. But it has a really Men in Black 2 style ending. <laughs> Where at the end of that movie, they open a door and show that they that the 
like a locker door and show that the entirety of the universe that Earth is in is contained within like a intergalactic interuniversal train station where like this game starts to pull back after you've been going backwards further and further showing the vastness of everything to reveal that it was even vaster than you thought in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, So perhaps that is sort of the feeling they're trying to go for. It's just sort of like the, how, how unimportant are your struggles as one person uh in the smallest version of a million bigger worlds like there's just like a lot of 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 bigness to it yeah uh, while you're focused on sort of the micro that's gonna be my rudimentary (laughs) like eighth grade book report read on it (laughs) that also weirdly made me think of spore where you like start that out as like a small a creature thing. and keep growing bigger and bigger. It could be like a metaphor for evolution almost. Uh-huh. And in Spore, you get to a point where it becomes a uh, real-time strategy game and <laughs> nobody's ever played past that point. Yeah, that's the secret ending uh, of Cocoon is that it just goes on to become a real-time strategy game. <laughs> just to fucking mock me. <laughs> If you get all the moon ancestors, then you're suddenly playing an RTS. Uh, then you're playing the real game. Exactly. Yeah, let us know how Cocoon made you feel in the comment section. Did it make you feel small? Did it transform you? Did it make you feel... Did it, tra- did it transform you into a beautiful butterfly? Uh, did I use the word Kafka-esque correctly? <laughs> <laughs> These are all great questions that you can answer for us. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're just gonna have to wrap it on up. All right, short episode for a short game. Short episode, short game. Oh, that's actually I don't know how much of the last <laughs> five seconds of conversation I would have to leave in. Uh, this game is about five hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, to 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 complete for once how long to beat to not lie to us uh what did you think of it did you think that it was like paced well do you think the five hours is correct i'm assuming that you probably don't want it to be a 20 hour game but like (laughs) no i think it it... did leave me wanting exactly this much (laughs) yeah no i think it, it hit it pretty spot on for me um yeah like i ended up playing it in like three sittings which felt appropriate um Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt satisfying at the length it is, and like it's uh only twenty five bucks as well, uh, which is another bonus if you care about stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it it I think it hits the mark because like it's a short game that didn't feel short, and it also didn't feel long. You know, like right. it it felt like it was just the right length. I think they threaded that needle. Like I think at yeah. most like eight hours would be the most this could sustain and still be uh i feel like it wasn't stre- uh spreading it thin i kind of agree with that and and honestly like going anywhere beyond that would probably necessitate the game becoming what it sought to destroy and by <laughs> that i mean 
like a really hard puzzle game like Steven Sausage Roll. Right. Like it would be a really difficult game because they would have had to start exploring mechanics that are uh, less intuitive, uh, which this game thankfully does manage to avoid for the most part. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I say I agree. I think that the, the game length is pretty much spot on. Obviously, we like a shorter game because we're doing it on... I mean, this would be a more relaxed time frame than normal in January, but like, blah, 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 us and our biases. <laughs> but I don't know. I think generally speaking, people should get used to a shorter <laughs> game. Do we have Matroshka thoughts? Uh, my Matroshka thoughts are, uh, let me hear, let me unnest them from each other. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, this game was cool. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I saw a trailer for it. Uh, I don't remember if it was an announcement trailer or whatever. Uh, it, it it definitely seemed like a game that was like immediately really interesting, right? Like you're taking a, a world represented by an orb and jumping into another one. And my imagination immediately went to a place of like, oh, that could be super cool or that could be like overly complex and complicated. Uh, and I think it hit a sweet spot. Um, we kind of talked early on in the episode but like i think the game is on the easier side but like the puzzles are like super satisfying and i think the difficulty curve is like just right there was like a couple of points that stumped me for a minute but like they weren't too hard to work through and yeah it just felt really good to solve and i think it towards the end middle-ish to end-ish of the game it like does some really cool things yeah like it's shooting uh the the little lasers like it through multiple worlds and like you know back out and stuff like that to solve puzzles was really cool uh and like nesting uh the green orb with inside itself and all that kind of stuff uh uh was really awesome and the the moment of like jumping out of the white orb and realizing that you were inside it the whole time uh really cool moment so i think yeah like it really i think delivers on its premise in and delivers a really satisfying uh, puzzle game experience in like this kind of modern like uh focused like uh smooth indie game design package yeah i uh hate you because that those were all <laughs> of the words i was gonna say in the same order uh <laughs> it's like this game is very it, it is uh, as we just mentioned it's very short it's five hours long it's not a a particularly difficult game so it makes it a very smooth experience but within that they managed to do a lot of really interesting things like way more interesting than they are complicated with the with mechanics that could have gone in that direction um and it makes it really it, it makes it a really enjoyable game for those reasons like on a mechanical level this game is both easy enough to get through in a short period of time and also dense enough with really satisfying puzzles that it feels good to do and, and, and to, to play through. So just on that alone, I would, I say that this game is great. Uh, but then you layer on top of that, this like ambiguously not like creepy atmosphere and this bright, colorful world and it really is like a very, it feels like a very arty game, like a game that is 
putting itself in or a game that is created sort of a world for you to be in that is in itself really unique and also gives you a good feeling of like mystery uh and like we were talking about before leaves a lot of things very open to your own interpretation uh and i think that that kind of thing is is probably what we expected a bit from this developer uh which uh, i don't know it's not a negative but it is like i don't know what i was thinking because i didn't really know anything going in but to see it sort of play out that way is a little bit expected but also uh, uh happy i enjoyed doing it uh so i really liked this game i thought it was super good um and I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to see what what happens going forward with them, if they're going to continue making the same types of games or uh, branch out. But the quality is definitely still there. This is a team that definitely understands like the nuances of good game design. So, uh, Retroactive No Clip Award for <laughs> best game of all time. Now, uh... <laughs> it's the best game we've played this year. It really is, yeah. <laughs> this is the time that we can say that. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we doing next time? Uh, next time, you are going to help us. To, you're gonna you. It all hinges on you, the listener. If Cocoon remains the best game that we played this year. Uh, because our next game is going to be the first of our fan brewery picks. Uh, we have a good list going right now. I'm uh, actually very happy with it. Uh, and there are a lot of interesting things. So interesting, in fact, that we're, we'll pick it later. <laughs> <laughs> we need more time to deliberate. Yeah, and uh, if we figure it out before the episode goes live... Then we're playing The Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver. But if we didn't do that, then we're playing Chip's Challenge. Uh, <laughs> and until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. Uh, there you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, the Discord server, where a lot of these game suggestions for FanBrewery came from. Uh, and you can talk about the game there. There's also uh, the YouTube channel, and you can find us on uh, Apple iTunes Music, <laughs> Google Podcasts, uh, and on YouTube Podcasts, if anybody even knows what that is. Uh, and where you can find all of our old episodes, including the ones that we did on Limbo and Inside. Uh, or on... Baba is You. Bob is you, or Braid, or uh, Bug Game. We did a game with bugs, right? Hollow Knight. Yeah, that's the one. This game is like Hollow Knight. Just like Hollow Game Knight. most likely to be compared to Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take... Haul that like button. Yeah, take the like <laughs> button and then jump inside the subscribe button, and then inside the comment section. <laughs> uh don't bug people in the comment section. <laughs>
you've done it. You win. I've, I've, I've really reached the apex of comedy. Uh, uh, puzzles. Little robot guy walks around. Meat floor. The moments of the game. The story. The, the metaphor. Bosses. Talked about to find the symbols. <laughs> Jumping in and out of orbs. <laughs> and jumping in the orbs. Using the power-ups. 